1: By Geek Vibes Nation. I'm your host, Nick Smith, and joining me tonight is Luke Alves. What up, Luke? Not much,
2: man. <laughs> Crazy what uh one day of change in a free agency can do. And then it did not start <laughs> off slow. I mean <laughs> I couldn't keep up after a while. I just it was like one of those like math like tests that was like everything was happening so fast and you just kinda gave up and you're just like whatever just happens, I'm just I'm down with the results. Just tell me, tell me in like 30 minutes or like the next tomorrow because everything was going <laughs> so quick and it was this and that. And here's this and trade and it's not going to go down. And it was just, uh, it was just pretty crazy just that whole Sunday. Yeah.
1: Uh, dude, it was fucking awesome. It, it's got to be the, the most hectic, um, free agency ever. Um, and, and just probably like in general, like the most hectic, um, NBA day ever. Um, like just, just so much fucking shit. Like 40% of the league, uh, were, were free agents. And I want to say like 80% of those went to different new teams, like something like that. Um, 75, 80%. Um, so just like that amount of turnover in and of itself is fucking crazy. And then when you factor in all of the things that happened that just weren't expected, um, also fucking crazy. Um but yeah man, let's let's go and jump into it cuz we got so much shit to cover. Um I think we got to start uh with the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, they were the ones who who came out firing. Um landed Kyrie KD uh got um KD's buddy DeAndre Jordan uh, and then it came out later that both Kyrie and Katie were going to take a little bit less money so that uh, DJ could uh, get a four-year, forty million dollar contract. Um, very nice of them, by the way, to to do that for uh, for Katie's. But um, and uh, yeah, so I mean, they hit the ground running, and then they uh, topped it off with getting a very quality signing of Garrett Temple uh, in uh, you know to to, to kind of you know top things off. Um what are your thoughts on the Nets signings them undercutting New York um in, in this effort uh and what do you think about the Nets team going forward um you know maybe maybe this year but moreover just over the next 4 years Oh no
2: I mean it's it's a huge win just for the Nets just no matter what I mean you you become the, the team in New York now. You overtake the Knicks. You get the two guys that were rumored all year to go there, and you become the team in New York to actually get them. So no matter what I mean, just big win right there, just all around, just everything that Brooklyn's been able to do because Brooklyn hasn't had any picks and all that to, like, make their team what it is, you know, so – it's definitely them making the playoffs, having a deep team already, kind of. And then, um, you know, being able to get Kyrie. I mean, not saying necessarily, like, they're going to be better next year right off the rip because I don't see them that much of, you know, jumping, you know, Kyrie to DeAndre Russell. Yeah, Kyrie's a much better player in score, but in, in all, uh, you know, it's not making them that huge jump. I mean, when Kevin Durant gets back, it's it's a whole different story, but there's a lot of um things that um Brooklyn kinda like surprised me. I mean, the DeAndre Jordan contract, I mean, I understand what you have to do. I mean in order to get Kevin Durant and Kyrie, you gotta make all sides and all parties happy. So you gotta sign their boy. And unfortunately you gotta do a Cleveland Cavs thing of two thousand fourteen and just bite the bullet in what your star players say, you know, you do, and you sign contracts of four years, 40 million on a guy that kind of was washed. I mean, not been that great. I mean, luckily for yeah. Brooklyn, they already have Allen. So, you know, there's a lot of platoon minutes they can do there. So, and they I mean, that, up and that just, so they got depth. Yes. So they definitely got depth. So, but, um, I love the temple signing. Um, I think that's one of the the better signings. You know, it happened pretty quick, too. I want to say, I mean, everyone knew by 3 p.m., even Easter time, not even when, but pretty much around 4, that Kyrie and Katie were going there. But then they did. They made that Temple uh, pick up pretty quick on the mid-level. And, um, you know, I like that. I mean, just add more depth to this team. I mean, like I said, next year – I could see them being in the same range as what they were. They're still going to be a playoff team, but uh, you know, six or seven te- seed maybe fit that best. But um, you know, it's definitely it's going to be interesting. I don't want to put too much you know bashing into Kyrie just because of being a Celtics fan, but I do right. you know wish the best for him in this circumstances. I mean, a, they're definitely going to be on a honeymoon period where Kyrie's awesome. He's so much fun to watch game to game. Him in Brooklyn, too. He's going to sell those tickets. So, it's going to be flashy and all that, especially when your other prize chip's not there. So, it's going to keep your eyes off of it being like, man, I really wish Kevin Durant was here right now. So, that'll, that'll help out with everything. But, in the end, I mean, after coming down the stretch, you know, I saw a lot of things. Uh, I like to see what Kyrie's able to do. I mean, his team's pretty good. Uh, I've always liked LeVert. Uh, he's a great player. Jim Woody's on a pretty, you know, solid contract. They've got hair, mm-hmm. so they've got a solid team right now. It's, it's a, But, you know, it just showed you that, um, you know, hey, sometimes building a good, solid team, taking risks on these players is better than going through the draft and trying to rebuild to get superstars. So, like I said, um, not be- making the huge jump immediately, but overall, I mean, it's just a win because you – you are the team in New York. I mean, the Mecca's nothing now. I hate to say that, but it's not a selling tool anymore. There's No, no one wants to be there. Your owner's crazy. Um, I mean, I'm sure we could get into that rant, but I don't want to. But it's just like the whole <laughs> yeah. one New York right now. You obviously are the more happening thing to do in New York City. So you just that, – that right there is just a
1: win. Yeah, I mean, it's it's impossible not to call this the big win of free agency. Um, I mean, look, obviously it's going to take a year. I think I'm a little higher on them next year than you are. Um, I think they could be as high as like three. My guess would be right around four or five, um, which I guess is what kind of what you were saying. I think you said six or seven, so it's not that much off. But I just think with Indiana um, coming in still – um, banged up with a with a, a whole new roster that has to like l- learn how to play um with each other that you know that could take some time um, and then you know with uh um, Boston obviously they're gonna you know could be taking a step back i still i think boston's gonna be better than i think a lot of people think they are next year um, I actually think you know having less talent on that team will kind of a less is more type thing and we'll get to them. Um but uh but yeah, I mean I, I think uh and and then you know, just it a lot of this depends on Kawhi and Toronto. Um but I mean I, I do think I can't see like a world in which the Nets are like a three seed. I, I would think of them as like a four or five seed depending on what happens with Toronto. Um but yeah, I mean obviously a great win for them. Uh you know we we. I I was still kind of holding on to hope that maybe they would pick the Knicks just for just for Joel and and maybe a little bit Juwan, but mostly Joel. <laughs> um, but uh but yeah, I mean it, it just made more sense basketball wise to to go with the Nets. They had the better infrastructure, the better role players um that were already in place to join. Um it's interesting that they were able to take less money to not only get DeAndre Jordan in there, but also figure out a way to keep all of their existing role players. Um, you know, that was also um, something that, you know, I, I had heard if both those players were to come in and take the max, it would be um, like they would have to get rid of one of Harris or, um, you know, somebody else. But I think the, the you know, them doing like the sign and trade and stuff like that was able to kind of finagle around that maybe, you um, but yeah, I mean it, it, it's it's going to be very interesting. I don't, I am not as high on this team though as a lot of people. As far as like going forward, I got to see. We all know uh, Kyrie has a long history of, of knee trouble. Um, you know, we we know Katie's coming back from this Achilles injury. Uh, Karis LeVert has, like, I think has had at least one, maybe two ACL tears in his career. Um, Torian Prince has always kind of been healthy um, other than some knick stuff, but I think he did have some kind of injury in college, um, if I'm not mistaken, some kind of more serious injury in college. Um, and then Jordan, I mean, he, he, like you said, he's just kind of washed. So, there's a lot of question marks here. It's going, to take a, it's going to take a perfect storm for them to be able to tie all of this together to keep everybody healthy um, and, and to make a legit run, and, and all of this really hinges on what kind of player is KD going to come back as. Now, that being said, I totally think it's worth the risk. Like, you totally do this if you're the Nets. I think they absolutely made the right decision, um, you know, because they really didn't have to give up that much to do it. Um, you know, they made that trade with the Hawks in which they gave up a couple first, but they also got Victorian Prince, who they're obviously able to keep. I think he's going to be a, a very big part for their team next year. But, you know, moving forward, when they slot him into more of, like, a power forward type role, um, like, he's just – he's a quality role player. Um, he shouldn't cost you a whole hell of a lot per season. Um, like, I mean, I would think of him as, as some someone between, like, Eight to fourteen million uh, a year, some like somewhere in that range, depending on what kind of year he has. Um, but like you know, he, he, he's a he's a good addition. Was a good pickup. I really like the fact that they got Claxton. It gives them some flexibility as far as cap flexibility moving forward. If they want to move Jared Allen, if Claxton has a very solid rookie campaign, I could see him stepping in, um, you know, and being a fixture on this team. Um, I. I Doubt that they saved any money in order to pay him more than the two-year minimum, which that kind of sucks for them. Um, but nevertheless, uh, still, he should be good for the two years that they have him on his rookie deal. Um, I, I just, I don't, I don't have the utmost confidence that they're going to be able to win a title with this team. I, if I was betting, I would say no. Um, just because there are so many variables, you know, in play here. Um, but nevertheless, still the big winners um you know because of everything that they were able to pull off they pulled off literally everything that they wanted to coming into this uh off season. and like you said they won new york um i mean much to the same way if either one of these teams gets in LA, uh gets in la uh gets Kawhi, they're going to win la um so it's it's Certainly a win for Brooklyn. Um, props to them. And, you know, like, they just got a whole hell of a lot better. Um, and at the very least, next year, um, when KD does come back, they will be a legit contender. So, um, so yeah, uh, good for them. Uh, all right, so part of this trade um, was renegotiated into a signing trade, which sent uh, D'Angelo Russell, um, Travion Graham, and one other guy on the small short-term contract – can't even remember who at this point um, – it sent them back over to Golden State um, in exchange for, for Kevin Durant. Um, weird move by Golden State. I don't know exactly what they're doing. Now, I've heard the reports that they um, you know, made this deal because they, they want to eventually trade him, but you effectively – gave up two first-round picks to get him um, in the first that you sent uh, back to um, Brooklyn and then also the future first that you sent to Memphis to take on the Andre Iguodala contract. Um, and he doesn't fit your team in the meantime. Uh, I don't know how this team plays. I don't know how he plays on this team. Um, very, very weird. I You know – I just feel like there probably could have been some moves around the margins to help them stay competitive until clay gets back instead of doing something weird like this um not to mention this also hard caps them, which you know maybe they wanted it to some degree maybe maybe they were like, well, you know if we if we make this trade, it'll hard cap us, but you know that'll just give us an excuse to stay out of the cap uh stay or stay out of the luxury tax rather um or above the apron rather um so like that. That, but all all, all things considered, this is a very very strange move to me. It it doesn't make sense at all on paper. Now if they can turn around and flip him, um, you know, or December or whenever you know he's available to be traded, um, for some valuable pieces that do help them, uh, fine. But that's yet to be seen, and his value, I feel like his value could easily go down between now and then. Um, If he doesn't perform well in Golden State um, because they they run a system that he's not used to playing in, so do you re-cater your whole system to fit him? Um, And if so, what are you telling Steph Curry in the meantime? It's just a lot of weird shit going on. Um, However, I do like the fact that they were able to retain Kevon Looney on a five-year $15 million – excuse me, three-year $15 million deal. Um, That's very good bang for your buck. Um, also, looks like with this trade and their subsequent signing of Willie Colley Stein, they have no interest in bring, bringing back Boogie Cousins. Uh, so that's just something interesting as well. What do you think about what the Warriors are doing, particularly with the D'Angelo Russell sign trade?
2: No, yeah. I mean, that one really caught me um, for a surprise. I mean, happened really late. I mean, I had already gone to sleep thinking everything was done, not seeing that somehow they could make a sign-in trade out of this. And especially, I mean, you know, earlier in the day you heard his wish list was like Minnesota, Phoenix was also out there to, like, want him. So Golden State wasn't even in the picture. And then from the pull us off, I mean, it's – I I like it and I don't. And there's a – I'll go with, like, I don't that – why would you give up Iguodala? Um, You just kind of dumped him. Like, I, I was joking with you guys. Um, in the chat, but uh, <laughs> he, he's a snitch, so he had to go, so <laughs> uh, Ron, and, you know, start snitching, you gone, boy, but, you know, because I, <laughs> I thought they would probably try to move Sean Livingston or something like that, but Iggy gets moved with the first round pick, so you have to give up Iggy, who is really helping your team defensively to pick up where you know, you're not going to have clay and all that, so, and then giving them a first again, a, a Again, as well, just to get Russell on the maxes. I mean, it's interesting. I think that they did this, even though you give it, you gave up a lot, they did this because a lot of things were happening fast, and there's a lot of teams that really wanted uh, you know, um, DeAndre Russell but didn't have either they couldn't make a trade right now or they're waiting on decisions of other free agents, uh, Lakers or Knicks. So I think they went right. ahead and just, you know, took DeAndre Russell that way that they can, you know, that he can play and then they can trade him if they need to. And I still think they 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 might trade him in the end, you know, just let him play at first. It's not going to be that big of a deal. You, you already don't have Clay so try to just see what you can do. Get a lot of value out of him. Um, just have them both kind of like shoot and all that. And then I could definitely see him. I know you really want him on New York. I could definitely see him getting traded in the Knicks. I mean, they have a lot of contracts yeah. that are interesting that I would, uh, I would combine. I mean, I would love Wayne Ellington. If I was them, I would take that. Yeah. Um, maybe even Bobby Ford. Maybe Bobby Ford. Yeah. One of uh, three of those, you know, so there's, there's some things that there's some teams. So you go ahead and get D'Angelo Russell. Cause you, you're going to lose out on Kevin Durant. And so I'm, I guess might as well get something even though you had to give up a first but two um you know i mean you had to give up two first
1: that's actually yeah like. i mean yeah. what don't it, you it, think you could have gotten something out of two first that didn't like I, I don't know i don't know if the net positive is better and and it's get of course i mean none of us know i don't i don't even think they know i think they're just betting on the fact that maybe it will be um but it's like I don't know. I feel like you probably could have gotten um, – like, for instance, I, I threw this out. You know, I said, you know, why don't you trade Sean Livingston and next year's first um, for uh, Jay Crowder? Um, you know, because I, I just felt like Jay Crowder would have been a perfect fit for them. Three and D guy. can slide in and play the four. You can slide, you know, um, uh, uh, Draymond down to the five. He didn't really get to play a whole lot of five last year um in the playoffs because they didn't have a lot of wing depth um so like that that kind of move would have made more sense to me and like maybe I don't know maybe it's hard to say at this point because i mean it, I, who really knows but maybe you could have you know sent him sent him Iguadala and then gotten back both he and corver like maybe they don't want corver maybe. That would save them from having to eat that like 3.5 million guaranteed. So maybe that would help them out on that end, um, help them cut a little more cost. Um, I don't know, just things like that. Like I, I, I just feel like you, you probably could have made better use uh, of your picks and your con, your expiring contracts and everything else than throwing all that shit um, at at. D'Angelo Russell, who doesn't really fit your team at all. Um, but, again, if you can flip him down the line, see, and and I like a lot of those Knicks guys too, um, but, like, I'm not flipping D'Angelo Russell just for those Knicks guys because of what I gave up. I mean, that did not make any sense. Like, I wouldn't give up um, two first-round picks for the, of that package of Knicks guys at all, um, and I already gave up the two first-round picks. So, like, I'm looking more at, like, I know Minnesota wants him, how can I make a three-team trade work so I can get Robert Covington and something else that's nice? Um, Like that's more where my head is at. Um, But I, that's difficult. I don't know how that works. I think Minnesota needs to get another, um, I think they need to use their mid-level to sign somebody that would be intriguing to Golden State in order for that to work. Um, And I don't know if they're inclined to do that because I think they're so close to the luxury tax that, you know, that might not be, you know, something that they want to do. Because, like, if I'm if I'm Golden State, I don't really have any interest in Jeff Teague. Like, uh, I, you know, he's expiring, but, you know, I, I, that just doesn't make sense to me um, as far as, like, in order to get the salaries close to matching. Um, it would actually be Golden State taking a little more back, which really they can't do either because they're hard-capped. So, I don't know, man. It just presents a lot of problems. I mean – Maybe, maybe Bob Myers just figured. You know what? I wanna like, I want something that's gonna be challenging. So like, I'll sign and trade for D'Angelo Russell. Have to dance our way around to stay underneath the the luxury tax, and then have to figure out a way that I can flip him later to get more shit. Like, this will be a nice fun little challenge for me. <laughs> like he's bored or something. Um, I don't know. But uh, all in all, super strange to me. Um, but, uh, a- anything else you want to add on these warriors before we move on to Memphis?
2: No, I did like the Kevon Looney coming back. I mean, i yeah. surprised mm-hmm. that he went back there. I really thought, you know, he, he's actually a, a valuable player. And I thought a lot of other teams could use, I mean, Celtics didn't have the money, but I mean, there's some teams that he could have done some justice on And Him coming back. I mean, basically for, I mean, three years at five mil, I mean, that's a steal, and then, uh, yeah. kind of surprising, but Willie Cauley-Stein, I mean, not that bad of a pickup either. This is going to help out Draymond Green a little bit more, too, because I just, like, the whole time I'm thinking, who's playing defense besides Green? But, I mean, I guess those two are really going to help, you know, those three right there are going to try to be your defensive just anchor and just keep on mm-hmm. um, platooning them all. So, I do like that, but I I understand what you're saying. And, like, there's a I have to see what you get out of Russell. I mean, you're going to get have to get some picks, too. But, you know, it'll be interesting. I mean, for now, just play him right next to Steph. Let's see what those two can do. Just have him shooting the lights out and all that. But other than that, yeah, definitely have
1: to trade him and luckily at Steph, some point before Clay comes back. Yeah, and luckily, Steph's really good at playing off ball. So, Steph can basically be your de facto shooting guard um, that, like, and 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 that's how they'll play alongside one another. Like defensively they're going to be atrocious. Um but offensively I think they will be fine because of Steph's versatility. Um but uh yeah, I, I mean I, I the willie Collie Stein thing, I mean it's hard to knock it just cuz of the value like you're getting like get, getting him on that deal, that's just that's, that's too good of value to pass up. Um but like, you know, I would personally I would just be so much more, like, striving to get wing depth, um, just because, like I said, it's like, last year, you didn't have any wing depth, and, like, the, like you're at your best when you're playing Draymond at the 5, and, like, you just couldn't play Draymond at the 5, because you didn't have anybody to play the fucking 3 through 4, um, so, like, I don't know, um, but, you know, I mean, you can only sign who's out there and available, and, you know, if, if the guy who's can play the three that's available isn't nearly as good as the guy who can play the five that's available. I guess you just got to take the guy who's playing the five, you know, given that you have Draymond green, who's versatile and can play both the four and the five. Um, so, I mean, I, I, it's hard to say, um, you know, I, I saw, so, yeah, I don't, I can't knock it really. I just, it, 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 I don't get overly enthusiastic about the the Willie Cauley Stein signing. Mostly, I'm just like laughing at Willie Cauley Stein and his agent for being like, "We don't even want a fucking offer from Sacramento." Meanwhile, Sacramento's like out like fucking handing out massive contracts and Willie Cauley Stein, settling for damn near the fucking vet minimum with Golden State. So, um, kind of has shades of the Nerland's Noel thing uh, all over again. Um, But anyway, uh, let's move on from that. Memphis, um, so, you know, like we said, they were able to take back in this transaction. um, They were basically able to add Andre Iguodala into the Mike Connolly deal. Um, And so they take back Iguodala. um, They get a future first from Golden State. Uh, That is fucking great for them. Um, Like, great way to, like, make that work. Um, by basically retroactively adding him to a trade that had been agreed upon like two weeks ago. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's awesome. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the Valanchunas signing only because I want, um, I really want uh, Jaron Jackson uh, to play a lot of center this year, uh, particularly so Brandon Clark can play a lot of the four. Um, but uh from what I have gathered, it is a descending scale contract at uh, 45 million over three years. Um, so that basically, what I would guess means it's something like 16, 15, 14, um, <laughs> somewhere in that ballpark. Um, so it'll get easier to trade over time, and it's not an egregious contract. I said. Um, When he opted out, I was like, like, I don't know about that. Like, you're probably going to get, like, Yusuf Nurkic money. Um, And he basically got Yusuf Nurkic money. He got a little more per year, um, but he didn't get the fourth year. Um, So I I think as far as value, it's not bad. I think it's movable. Um, So, uh, you know, I mean, you you look at, say, would I rather have Jonas Valanciunas at basically 15 a year for three or steven adams 25 over two uh per over two like yeah give me Jonas valenciunas he's also like um it, it, i don't even actually think he's younger than steven adams he just like moves and plays like he is <laughs> um, but uh nevertheless I, I i mostly like what memphis did again i feel like their new gm is just like creative um I like almost everything that this guy has done since getting there. Um, so I, and I don't, I can't even fucking remember his name. Like, I, I mean, he, he's just, uh, but I know he like just got the job uh, like shortly before the draft. Then, you know, uh, you know, he makes the Conley trade, goes in, kills the draft and then gets an extra asset going forward. Um, you know, for a team that, that's, you know, kind of asset strapped with the pick still going out to your Boston Zelf. Um So overall, I like what they're doing in Memphis. I think they got a hell of a young GM um, who, who seems to be um, like making all the right moves out of the gate and that's very promising, especially for a small market team.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is no like, hey, you know, jumping around like, you know, it's like super exciting Free agency for Memphis, but you know it is nice how, like you said, they're able to tie in with the Conley trade for for Iguodala. It just interests me is how long if he's even gonna wear a Memphis jersey, or they're just gonna go ahead and buy him out and let him become a free agency. Which you know, I mean, a lot of teams would love to take Iguodala. So that one interests me. Are you just gonna try to keep him and maybe trade for him at the deadline? You know, it all depends, but that was um signing. I I understand it. I, I I'm with you. <clears throat> I want to see Clark and Jackson at the four and five as much, but they're still very young. I mean, even though Clark is older for his age, he's still a rookie and all that. So now you have at least a center that's played in the league and all that. He's gonna help out Morant, so you can you know stagger the minutes between all of them and with Clark, you know, he's not immediately going to come in just being what he was in Gonzaga. So it's, it's a nice, nice deal. I'm surprised he was able to get that money, but you know, Hey, Memphis uh, traded for him in the first place. So they saw something in him, but uh, yeah, nothing, you know, it's uh, it's, uh, exciting. Like you said, uh, they're definitely going in the right direction because uh, they don't have their pick right now for the next two years, it um it's up in the air. Well, so. one of the next two years. Well, yeah, I mean, but basically the next two years they it's in limbo, so they just they have yeah. to play where they right. you know so try to get as much assets. So it'll be interesting. Um, still a very young team, but um, I don't mind. You know, like like I'm saying, uh, they get a a center that's. I guess he's the veteran. He's definitely the veteran of the the locker room right now. Um, right. So, and and help out your 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 young point guard. I mean, Moran's gonna have a lot of pressure. So having a center that can kind of do it, having Jackson at the four, and then you know, when you want to bring in Clark, you can slide Jackson at the five and just or bring Clark right. in with those. So it's a lot of options for them.
1: Yeah, and especially the other thing that I I would note is. Um, Jackson being young and and only going into his second season, he's still like, he still commits a lot of unnecessary fouls, um, and and just gets himself into foul trouble, like in in a lot of games. So having a guy like Valanchunas, like even if you want to play Jackson more, you may not have that opportunity on any given night because, um, he just gets a little slap happy. Um. So having a, a a guy who you can rely on there at, with um, it just helps. It just helps a lot. Um, and, and hopefully they can get a little creative and, and look at how, um, you know, a, a look at how different these two guys are um, and how maybe they can implement a little bit of what Nick Nurse did last year with having Ibaka and Valanchunas and how different they are um, and, and, you know, maybe try to get um, – you know, stagger them a little bit as far as the the, the starting rotation throughout the season, um, and get Jackson some starts. Um, but you know, kind of have Valanchunas be your um, your anchor um, and maybe the guy that you trust a little bit more. Um, I I think that that you know for for the contract that you signed him to um that role makes sense to me and so with you know with that in mind i i, I kind of like it i think it's okay and like i said i think it's i just think it's a movable contract i think you know it, next year if you think jackson's willing to make that leap and 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 ready to be your full time starting center um then you can you can go and trade Valanciunas, um especially because the market's going to be so thin next year um he might be more attractive than just about anybody who's actually on the market um so yeah, you I know, I think that's certainly an option. Um, all right, let's move on. So uh Phoenix, uh they obviously were in a holding pattern. They really had their sights set on D'Angelo Russell. They did not get D'Angelo Russell. Um, so instead they went out and gave Ricky Rubio a three year fifty one million dollar deal. Um I don't mind them signing Ricky Rubio. That's not the problem I have here. The problem I have is who the fuck else was going to give Ricky Rubio three years, fifty one fucking million dollars? Nobody was even going to come close to that. Like once Indiana didn't like once they went a different direction, there was there was nobody else out there who who was like had the cap space and needed a point guard. Um, I mean, maybe you could argue Chicago. But I, I didn't hear much, if any buzz about him going to Chicago. Um, and you know, I, I think if you don't give him the 351 and he ends up going to Chicago, then it's just like, all right, well, let's go get Tomas Sador, Sadoransky, three for 30. That's a better fucking deal anyway. Um, this just didn't make sense to me at all, man. Like again, I'm fine with Rubio, but like that, you know, 17 million a year. For three years, like that just that seems really, really high. Like and again, like you know Oklahoma City is trying to get off of cap. Like, why not just call them up and be like, Hey, you know, we know, you know, Dennis Schroeder's got two years left for thirty one million. You know, what what can we get from you if we agree to take him from you know, from you, um, so you know, you can cut your luxury tax bill way down. Um like, I, why would you do that? I mean, that saves you like two and a half million dollars a year, and it saves you an extra year on the contract. Um, and I think Rubio is definitely a little better than than Schruder, but like, not not that that contract's worth better um, as far as like guaranteed money. Um, I just I don't like that at all um, personally. What do What are your thoughts on that?
2: No, dude, Phoenix, what are you <laughs> thinking? I mean, dude, one of, like, my huge, like, fails. I mean, this was starting at the draft when they traded T.J. Warren and just for just the worst trade. And, it's like, you cleared up all this money. And it's like, okay, so what are you going to do? Uh, D'Angelo Russell makes sense. So, like, go get him. You know, he's friends with Devin Booker. and makes sense. But, no, they strike out on him. And instead of, like, taking it, like, a chance, they act like a like a little spoiled little kid and come out with this thing saying that they didn't like his locker room uh, like presence and that he would be a bad influence and 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 you're just like what like that that's that's what you're gonna tell your all your fans you know that you instead of getting him we signed Ricky Rubio to a 17 million dollar a per year contract that can't shoot threes, so he's not going to help us at all. He cannot shoot, so I don't see where he's, because I like with Booker, you know, kind of having the ball in his hand, you know, him creating more and all that, so, I mean, he's going to go back to two, but it's just, like, terrible, and it's just, like, Sauver has got to just, he's one of those owners that it's just out there that it's just, you're so lucky that there's probably two other owners right now that are just, uh, complete train wreck with you, and you're the worst. But your poor fans, like, wait, wait, everything, I guess? Just...
1: Jim Dolan oh, yeah. and fucking Michael Jordan. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it is those two, because those two okay. owners, I
1: don't understand
2: why. But, you know, one, you would expect, like, come on, man, you're the icon of basketball, but you just don't understand what you're doing. But it's just it, – it surprised me what the Suns really – I mean – they're not going to be good this is not going to make them you know into an you know the next even competing for the ninth season, even even the 10th i don't know they're going to still be a
1: bottom dweller um i'll be surprised Both honestly are. i'll be surprised if they're if they finish 12th or higher like i mean right now i feel like i got them slotted above memphis but that's the only guarantee that i can give them Going into next season, yeah.
2: No, I mean honestly, I bes- yeah. Besides that, no one
1: else. I mean, it's really I mean, what Dallas they're going to be do. Better. Like, you know, there's just all those all those fringe teams at the bottom. They're just they're probably just going to be better than them.
2: Yeah, so it's just um, one of those. You know, free agencies exciting and fun for a lot of fans, but it's just one of those organizations where. You just feel for the fans and Devin Booker. I mean, he might be the next uh, star, disgruntled star that wants out of his organization soon. I mean, I know he signed that extension, but I mean, hey, if they're not doing it in in a couple of years, you're still going to be a terrible team and you can only show so much. I mean, yeah, you can put up all these crazy stats and all that, but how really good can you show you bet you are if you're not even making your team compete for the playoffs because there's nothing around you. So, Suns, um, yeah, I was just really surprised. Maybe they'll do some crazy trade, you know, with Golden State and actually get Russell. And, you know, they have some young, you know, they can maybe. But, I mean, you lost a great trade asset in T.J. Warren for nothing. So, it's just – it started at – the writing was on the wall at the draft. Um, you know, I think Jones needs to get it together and not have Sovereign in his ear, but we'll see. I mean, so far they're not making, either one of them are not helping any cause for the Suns. Yeah.
1: Well, and then, you know, just to just to add on to this, just, just a little bit here, um, at the trade deadline last season, they traded uh, Ryan Anderson um, for uh, – Uh, shit, what's his name, Uh, Tyler Johnson uh, and Wayne Ellington. So that added roughly $6 million to their salary cap. Then they bought out Wayne Ellington. Uh, He went elsewhere. Um, And now they're talking about uh, cutting and stretching Tyler Johnson so they can afford to sign Rubio so that they can – and and also simultaneously uh, maintain the cap hold for – Kelly Oubre so they can re-sign him like okay (laughs) first of all you're doing this for Ricky Rubio just fucking keep Tyler Johnson um and 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 two um you like traded uh um a guy who had a 15 million dollar buyout for a guy that had 20 million guaranteed so you you again you're you're just Adding five million uh onto what your stretch amount would be even if you wanted to make this deal and and this and, and you know this added on to this free agency and everything that we've discussed you know in, in prior episodes about the draft um, this is just a clusterfuck, man this is just it's a terrible fucking organization uh, it's, just, it's just it it's, it's at this point just indefensible um they're just fucking terrible and like it, it it's a it's a fucking embarrassment, um, you know, for for the fucking city of Phoenix, uh, and and you know the state of Arizona and just the NBA in general, um, it, it it's bad, um, so, yeah. Anyway, let's move on to something that's not uh bad. <laughs> the your Boston Celtics, um, uh, I'll give you my three thoughts and then I'll let you kind of uh. Go ham, full ham and, and expound upon them. Um, I really like what Boston did. Um, I think that uh, it was, the, you know, there, it, viewing it in the context of we at the at the point we were at, we all knew Kyrie was going to walk away. I kind of feel like it was a blessing in disguise that Horford decided to opt out. Um, it probably stings a little bit that he went to Philly for you guys, um, but I still feel like it's a blessing in disguise because if he doesn't opt out, you don't have the fucking um, you don 't have the wiggle room to be able to maneuver to get Kimball Walker, um, so then your best option is just bringing back Terry Rogier um, and you know God if if who knows if anybody else would have paid him that fucking ungodly contract, um, but you may have had to overpay for him um, you know depending on what happened in free agency in in it, you know this alternate universe um, so you know you get a guy to replace. Uh, Kyrie Irving. I really like that. And then I think you get a good bang for your buck deal with Anis Cantor. Um, I, uh, you know, I I like Cantor. Um, I I think he played great uh, for Portland last year in the playoffs. I think Stevens is smart. He'll know how to utilize him. He'll know that he's going to have to change things up a lot um, from what he was able to draw up with Horford. Um, But I think uh, as far as you know, trying to find a, a center on the market for five million dollars, Cantor's pretty damn good option. Um, it'd have been like really nice if you had been been able to get Kevon Looney, um, you know, for that, but that just wasn't going to happen. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, overall, I like it. Um, again, I, I think you know, adding in Kimba, uh is is going to be really good for you guys, and I, uh, I mean, I don't think it's a a legit contender next year. Um, but I do think that, you know, give it a year um, and, and see where, it, you know, what kind of leaps that Brown and Tatum make, see if Hayward can get back to where he was. I, I, I don't necessarily think that you're not, even with just this this squad, like the, the bones of this squad in place um, for a couple years, um, I, I don't necessarily think that this squad can't be a contender, um, you know, given a few uh, good breaks.
2: No, I mean, this is another one. I mean, it it's a win, but it's not like a spectacular win. I mean, there's a lot of things that are like, like you said, that are just like going to hurt. I mean, Horford leaving, I'm, I'm always a huge Horford fan, loving the death. I mean, got to respect his decision. Definitely uh, <clears throat> like how, like, you know, the the whole tampering rule but you definitely could talk to your guys and know so definitely before the draft we knew we were coming to terms with them so we're going to have to move on so we opted he opted out of that deal so uh, you know coming into it uh, I really didn't see us getting Kimba and then the more you know the talks are happening I I knew it was going to happen and I, I love I love it I mean I love Kimba Walker I've always liked him um, ever since his UConn days. I mean, I chose him that year to win just because I just watched him that whole year and he just won every tournament he was in. I was like, this guy's just a winner. And, like, it's finally going to help Kimba, too, just playing on a better team with a better structured organization, having a lot more, like, still having assets and all that, and, like, having a nice little young core and all that. And, um, you know, it's... it's He's no Kyrie and like, the... Like pure just being able to get to the bucket and score, but he's definitely um, you know he's I was I've been reading and I've been seeing some things he's he's the best of Isaiah Thomas, but he's also not he's kind of like not the like he's not what Kyrie can be. So I think Stephen's gonna use him. He's definitely uh, a player that you he, you can use a lot easier than Kyrie. Kyrie dominates the ball and he needs the ball in his and he wants to create for others, well, I think Kimma can do the role what IT kind of did and run around and all that and allow our young players also t- to develop, because you could see that kind of, um, you know, affected them last year, and you're obviously building around Tatum and Brown, and um, I like the Kenner, uh, Ennis Kenner uh, signing. Um, you know, he's no Horford, and we're going to be taking a big leap defensively and all that, but we had to go in another direction, and we were always weak defensively. I mean, not defensively. We were always weak rebounding team. even with Horford. I mean, him being a great defensive mm-hmm. player, we just were never a great rebounding team. And one thing that Cannon will do is he will get you some rebounds. I mean, mm-hmm. he's no, like, spectacular guy, but, I mean, he's, he's your, basically your 15-12 kind of guy, maybe 14-11, around that. Completely fine with the double-double. Yeah. He's going to get you those random games where he gets the 2020s and all that. But he's just like, he's he's going to get you, especially, he's a great bang for your buck. Like you saying, we couldn't get the Kevin Looney because he's not going to sign that deal with us. He's always going to do with Golden State. So now you're between, like, do we want Boogie Cousins for that deal or would I rather want Ennis Canner? And I'd rather want Ennis Canner. I mean, nothing against Boogie. Um, Boogie still can be projected to be better, but it's just like, I don't know, everything I saw from last year, also, he just hasn't had the best. We just had a nightmare experience with carry Irving, and Boogie doesn't have the best, you know, per se, you know, background on locker room. So Kenner, uh, yeah, I have
1: man. Can't like everybody who plays with Kenner loves him. He's got every, he's always got his teammates back.
2: Yeah. Uh, he just talks crap to other people. So I think it's fun. I yeah. mean, uh, I definitely like, uh, I like, you know, this signing. I mean, it's a player option for him, so it's a win for both teams, both sides. So uh, I was definitely excited because, you know, when it was coming down to it, uh, I knew, you know, they they thought the whole signing trade was going to happen and possibly Horford was going to come back, but I knew it already, the writing was on that wall. So if you only get canner it's going to be nice. Um, It'll be a fun system, what you'll be able to do, Uh, you know, just um, it, we're not going to be, you know, contending team like you're saying, but we definitely have pieces. So we're, we're, we could be one piece away from being a contending team again. And we can also see some people take some big jumps. And I would love to see, you know, Brown and Tatum, especially do the right proper jumps. You know, now that the team's focused, Walker is going to be such a great, you know, we just got, we got really good locker room people. I think it's going to be back to team, like sharing the ball and all that, um, you know, what, Brad likes to do we're not going to have the rush to get Hayward back either to put the ball in his hands you know it's, he's a whole year out of it so he should we shouldn't have to rush him you know whatever role he ends up being but I still think you know we're going to be in the you know we finished fourth so I could see us you know at the best finish fourth again um, I don't see us you know it's all depending on what Kawhi does I'm assuming Kawhi's right. in Toronto right now so you know I've put us up for the best if you know, he doesn't return to Toronto. The best that we could get is a fighting chance at third. But it's still, it's going to be a very fun team. Um, you know, uh, I always will believe in Danny. Um, he's not, we didn't go back into the full reboot. We did like, you know, a quick, soft reboot again. Uh, I think it's going to work out um, with the system and then um, be able to get Daniel Thice and then this uh, guy from France. I mean, it just, we're getting more um, depth at center just because, you know, that's going to be our positional need. It's just, you know, the, the big spot, even though I, I trust Canner, but we'll see him over a whole season and all that. So definitely helps be able to get some guys to play in and, you know, might have to, you know, the power, power forward position, have to see some young guys uh, take a big step. I mean, definitely want to see with Grant Williams, if he'd be able to hit the, mar, uh, the rotation, but right now, like, you know, it's, it's not a, a super win because there's a lot of other teams that I feel like are are, are higher winners in my mind, but it, it's a win because we, you know, we, we got a star. I mean, we got one of the guys that's probably one of the top five free agents that were on the market. We got him after yeah. losing probably two of the top 10. So, you know, there's only so much that you can do after that. And I think getting Kim Walker it just It's it's going to be, you know, back to just uh, the fun, just when we had Isaiah Thomas, those teams, and it's just like – because Kim was just yeah. a great locker room person, and I think it will be interesting. I'll definitely – I want to see what Brad will do, but uh, I think um, in the end everything will be a lot better than – we'll be a much better team, even if we'll win, like, you know, the total win-wise doesn't show it that, you know – uh, between this year and last year or this upcoming year and, and this, this last year but no matter what we'll be a better team than we were last year just even though i mean horford losing him it, it sucks but i mean just how bad we were just playing and all that so it's interesting yeah, you'll be new a, look but i li- i like it
1: yeah you'll be a better less talented team Like, that's how I would, that's how I would characterize it. Like, you won't have the talent that you had last year, but you probably will be better just as far as chemistry, as far as um, the way that Brad likes to run his offense um, and and the guys that are now there to run said offense. Um, So, yeah, I mean, all of those things combined uh, and and having a guy like Kimball Walker um, who can still be your closer, um, that's, that's, all good things Um, and and you know what I you know why I think this is the biggest reason why I would consider this a win for Boston all of the things you mentioned Um, but Boston um, had kind of built this reputation um, and and I think it's somewhat unfair um, but you know it's 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 kind of been presented this way that you know after the Isaiah Thomas thing, like, Boston doesn't care about its players. You're just assets to Danny Ainge, um, yada, 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 um, kind of all that all that shit. And then Kyrie Levin maybe kind of fed into that in some people's eyes, I think a lot less so than the Isaiah Thomas thing. Um, but you see that with, like, every team. Like, Boston's not anything special when it comes to that. Um, nine uh, or 30 out of 30 GMs would have made that um, Kyrie Irving train. Um, So, like, like, don't, I I don't think it's fair to, you know, uh, play revisionist history and say, well, well, they did Isaiah Thomas dirty. It's like, no, not really. I mean, it sucks that he got hurt and maybe they misdiagnosed and everything else. Um, And, and, you know, he probably should not have been playing similar to, you know, KD um, in these most recent finals. Um, But you know we're seeing it with KD if you're really good enough then you're going to get the, you're going to get the bag um and he, like he, he just wasn't like he, you know um and that injury certainly played into that but i think a lot of the, you know another big thing that played into that was he just thrived in a very particular system with very particular things around him um and unfortunately i think too um, he didn't have the option of going into free agency after, you know, but put it this way, before he came back from his injury. I think he would have gotten paid had he been able to do that. But unfortunately, it didn't work out that way for him. Um, but like I said, 30 out of 30 GMs would make that trade. And my final point would be this. Um, the last three times that uh, Boston has had max cap space, they've gotten a max player. They got Al Horford. They got... Um, Gordon Hayward and now they got Kemba Walker. Um, so like it also kind of puts to rest that notion that like players don't want to go play in Boston. They won't choose to go play in Boston, um, which is why you have to build assets and make trades and all that other shit because you can't get free agents to go to Boston. Um, well, there's three. Um, the last three times this team has had cap space, they filled it with a max caliber player. And make no mistake about it, um, Gordon Hayward. You know, had he not fucking snapped his leg on the first game that he played as a Boston Celtic would be a max caliber player. Um, so, yeah, um, just, a, you know, a couple, couple little things that I wanted to add in there. Um, you like how, how I'm defending your boys, Luke? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm surprised,
2: I mean, but, I mean, like you said, it's – we. We were gonna take a a you know a downward leap, but we didn't take it that far. It's just like you said; it's we just proved that you know we can still sign match free agents. I mean, you had teams out there like New York, where he, he you know he's kind of from the Yukon, Connecticut kind of area. Where, but uh, so you could kind of say the whole New England and like New York and all that area. But he's mostly from New well, York. He's actually and, I mean,
1: he's actually from New York City. That's the thing. Like he grew up yeah, in New York so, City. He went to school in Yukon. So, I mean, yeah, you can make either one of those, like, connections, I guess.
2: It's just surprising, like, you know, or the Lakers could have used them. So, it's just, you know, that we were able to get in there, show them, like, what we have. And I don't know. It's it's exciting. I, I, I'm i just excited for a whole new look. We could be the Nets of uh, the Nets of this year, you know, like how they played last year where they all – Teammates had each other's backs, like what do we have to lose, and all that, and just seeing really just fun team ball. So
1: that's what I that's what I can see out of us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's going to be a very fun season for you guys. I look forward to uh, all the Bill Simmons podcasts where he's just elated every time he gets to talk about Kimba um, being awesome Um, and doesn't have to like give this, um, you know. Meltdown of a speech, like you know, three quarters of the way through the season, like who the fuck is this guy? I'm driving him to the airport now. Um, <laughs> like, so uh, I, I I'm I'm happy for the collective, I guess I should say. Um, but all right, let's move on to the flip side of this coin. The fucking Charlotte Hornets, man. Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna fucking this is like gonna be the Phoenix Suns rant part two. Um... I I get not wanting to pay Kimba. Honestly, I get it. I totally fucking get it. Um, I I wouldn't have lowballed him so much as as you know one sixty over five. I think I would have at least gone with like one seventy five over five, which you could construct that to be more than another team could pay. Like he could make more than one hundred and forty one in that first four years. Um, so he's still getting more than what he could get if you signed elsewhere. Like at least come with that. When you offer a dude for 160, like you're essentially telling him like, um, you know, we don't think that, you know, you can make up $20 million after this, you know, this year, you know, these four, next four years. Um, so we think that's what your value is. And it's like, dude. That's not how free agency works. You can't just do that. Like that, they're gonna be pissed. Like, no, they're gonna be like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> like, um, so like, but I understand it from, you know, from the mindset of, um, we're cash strapped. We're we're not going anywhere. Um, so like, we we probably are better off at this point just letting him walk, which you know obviously means you should have fucking traded him. Um, two years ago, uh, or last year, or just at any point when you know <laughs> you knew you were a middling team, you knew Batum wasn't getting any better, and you had him locked into this fucking long-ass deal. Like, should have traded him. Regardless, I get letting him walk at this point. What I absolutely, completely, bafflingly do not fucking understand is why you would want to bring back Terry Rogier On a three-year, $58 million fucking contract to replace him uh, when that's way above Terry Rozier's fucking market. Nobody was going to give him that money. It's the same fucking thing with Rubio. Like, nobody was going to pay him that kind of fucking money. So, like, I I just don't fucking get it. Like, why would you – what would possess you to kind of make that sort of offer? And then from everything that I've read, they're going to have to send back some form of like compensation uh, to the Celtics, you know, who really had no reason to participate in a sign and trade other than to get some kind of asset back from Charlotte. And sure, maybe it's just the second rounder, but like your team's going to suck so fucking bad that that second rounder is going to be practically a late first round pick. Um, So it's just like, I don't fucking get it like it, it just doesn't it doesn't compute it makes no fucking sense like ishmith went for uh two years 12 million um like go sign that guy like go give him a third year uh you know for an extra six million like why I don't understand why like I know you need a point guard but like there were other point guards out there that were going to cost you a lot less money and like I don't I don't know what you're even thinking if you're thinking that – well, if we get Rozier, we can build with Rozier and Malik Monk and Miles Bridges and P.J. Washington. Like, no. None of those – like, you're building the same fucking roster that you have now. They're a bunch of role players at best. Like, we don't even know if Malik Monk is a role player at this point because he couldn't play next to Kemba Walker because they're both fucking tiny. So you should never should have fucking drafted him in the first place. Um you should probably should have taken Donovan Mitchell, um, but nevertheless, um, that might not have been the same draft. I mi- might be misremembering, but nevertheless, um, like none of these guys are are you know really building blocks to build towards something. So like to me, it's like dude, just fucking call it an L. Sign a very cheap point guard who can just you know essentially run your offense for a year, um, and then start compiling assets by taking your what $45, 50 million dollars in expiring contracts and seeing you know who might want to flip two year deals for those. You know, reach out to fucking uh, Minnesota and say, look, we'll give you Biombo, who we know sucks, but so does Gorgie Jang. And like they're basically on the same deal, only Gorgie Jang has an extra year. We'll give you Biombo, we'll take back him. Give us a first round pick you know, three or four years out when you're going to be good again, hopefully. Um, you know, so, something like that. Um, you know, I, I think maybe Miami, well, with all of their other deals, they probably wouldn't have been interested. But nevertheless, um, I, I, it just makes sense to me. That makes way more sense to me than, you know, trying to invest in Terry Rogier. I just don't fucking get it at all. I, it doesn't make any goddamn sense.
2: No, yeah. um, Man, Mitch Kupchak, Michael Jordan, I just don't understand what you're doing. Um, Haven't for a while. um, Kind of thought the writing was on the wall when Kupchak got signed to the job a couple years ago. And when he wasn't trading Kimba, when he actually could have got things for Kimba. and um,
1: Yeah, I mean, a big Rozier fan. That was reportedly uh, MJ. MJ didn't want to trade Kimba unless he got back another all-star like that. I heard that um, from somebody. It was a credible source. I can't remember who it was, but like that was the report was that MJ didn't want to trade him because he didn't want to trade an all-star unless he was getting back another all-star. And it's like, dude, that's not how these trades work. Like you should know this, Michael, you've been in this league for fucking how long now? Um, So like, as much as I want to like put the onus on Cupcheck, I kind of feel like this is one of those same type of Phoenix situations where it's like, you kind of got to put the onus on the owner. Um, like he was the one who loved Frank Kaminsky and was the reason they fucking like wouldn't make that fucking deal. Um, that would have get what gotten them at least one of those Brooklyn picks or maybe two of them or something like that. Um, Cause the, the, uh, Celtics wanted uh, Justice Winslow, but no, we got to have Frank Kaminsky, and what did they do? They just let him fucking walk. They didn't even extend him a qualifying offer. Um, this this franchise is just a fucking joke, um, and it starts with Jordan. Like Jordan needs to hire scouts and fucking just step the fuck back and let those scouts build his team through the draft and just stay the fuck out of it. Well, it's not going to happen, so we'll just get
2: back to just <laughs> the terrible moves that they just make. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Rozier, um, you know, I'm happy for him, man. He's getting paid, you know, ter- uh, scary Terry money. He's basically, you know, like he just <laughs> came out of the playoffs, you know, two years ago, and I'm fired. Right. So, you know, I'm happy for him. His market definitely wasn't going to be like that. I kind of thought he was going to come back with the Celtics, you know, if we didn't, if this Kimbo thing wasn't you know didn't happen he, he would have came back to the Celtics for uh just less than what Marcus Smart's deal was maybe 12 per year instead of 13 so you know a, a friendly deal like that for both sides but you know wow 19 mil per year oh that's another yikes just contract and it's not even one where you can maybe sell roseier unlike to another team, but like 19 mil, it's just a lot. Mm -hmm. And not a lot of teams are going to want to take that. I mean, you're going to have to be able to do a bunch of like leaps and bounds from like where he's at. I mean, yeah, you don't have to throw Malik Monk straight into running the system, but I kind of always thought Monk's more of a point guard than shooting guard. So uh, it's just, yeah. um, Jordan and all them, Robert Salver, Jordan, Kupchak, James Jones, Dolan, um, I forget what the next GMs, Ellis, Ernie Ellis. Steve Mills. Mills. Oh, oh Steve Mills, I don't know where I just came from. with. Steve Mills, all of them just like just meet at this like place and they're just like, Hey, you know, we should all be really bad but we'll just whenever one does another like but one bad decision, <laughs> the other organization will make it. So we just all look bad together. So no one will like yeah. you know. It won't just be all in on one team, but yeah, I have no clue what Charlotte's doing. Um, they're definitely not going to be anything what they're like with Kimba Walker running the team. So, um, I I think they own their picks, and so guess rebuilding. You know, they can be going for the twenty twenty one, you know, big uh, draft class with the high schoolers coming out. And there's a you know really good kid coming out in that draft class, but yeah, just uh, I don't know what Charlotte's doing right now. I mean Miles Bridges, PJ Washington, Malik Monk, Terry Rozier. Um, what, what do you have? A, two of the Plumleys, one of the Plumleys. I don't even know. Uh,
1: no, they don't have any Plumleys anymore. <laughs> they have uh, oh, uh, they have a Zeller. They have Cody. Oh, Zeller. There, there it is. They have a Zeller. Yeah. yeah see. <laughs> oh, oh and they have it, a Hernan so. Gomez. They have uh, Willie Hernan Gomez, not but the, not the good Hernan Gomez. <laughs> but they do have the good Zeller. So
2: <laughs> yeah, so
1: <laughs> they're they're just um yeah, I,
2: we'll see how long um Jordan has that team or Charlotte has that team. So it's it's one of those oh, God, two yeah. things that's gonna happen. So I hate the Charlotte's an awesome city and all that, but um yeah, their owner just has no clue what he's doing and nor does the GM right now. So
1: it's just all bad. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to say like how much of it is, um, you know, institutional versus just incompetence or whatever. Um, but whatever it is, it ain't working. Um, so, you know, they got, they got to change something. Um, and you know what, like, say what you want about Dolan, um, And how shitty of an owner he is. um, At least he doesn't make basketball decisions anymore. Like, he realized that that was not working and stopped doing it. Now, there's a lot of other things that he needs to realize and stop doing as well. You know, like talking um, on camera. Um, But nevertheless, uh, at least he's not making basketball decisions. Um, I... You know, we – obviously the Kevin Arnovitz report came out and basically said as much that Robert Sarver um, is heavily involved in making basketball decisions, uh, you know, with uh, the Suns. And it just it – there's been enough reporting, and it just feels like uh, that's the same thing going on there in Charlotte. And it's just like, dude, that never works. It never works. And it's like it probably is even like – I would imagine it's even more impossible to, like, try to explain to Michael Jordan that he doesn't know what he's talking about than it is Robert Starber. Like, you're like, dude, I'm telling you, this is this this is not how this works. This is not a good idea. And, like, you got Jordan just fucking holding out a hand with fucking six rings on it. He got, like, two on his fucking uh, thumb or something. And he's just, like, just staring at you. And you're like, yeah, I know. I know. You're the GOAT. Like, I get it. But, like, seriously, dude, like this is not working. Like, you don't understand. This is, this is not playing basketball. This is something totally fucking different. Please. Like you were a terrible GM. You you're, Now you're being trying to GM from your owner's chair and that's not working. Just like, please just let me make the decisions. Um, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's they, they really need to fucking change things up because it is, it is, a clusterfuck down there. But we've already spent so much time on this fucking shitty ass franchise. Man, um, my apologies to any Hornets fans out there. Uh, like, we don't mean to shit on your team. We're just kind of telling it like it is. Same thing with the Suns. Like, we we want the best for you guys. It just sucks that you have terrible owners, you know, who are in charge of your franchise. Um, it's just, it's highly unfortunate. Um, but anyway, moving on. Uh, Two. The Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. Um, all right, so my turn to get uh, excited. Um, okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you just kind of the the, the, the run the rundown here. Um, so fucking JJ Reddick signs with New Orleans, and I'm like, oh fuck, oh fuck, here it comes, here it fucking comes. Um, and then, uh, you know, this this fucking uh, you know, Miami trade is in the mix, and there's a fucking tweet that's getting shared everywhere between fucking Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco, and Jimmy Butler, and he's in Miami, he's about to sign a deal, and I'm like, oh, what the fuck, man? What the fuck are you getting back from Miami that's going to be worth this? Um, well, it turns out they weren't getting so much back from Miami, um, but what they were doing … was facilitating a trade to take back Josh Richardson, allowing them the cap space in order to sign Al Horford while still retaining um, the, uh, the cap hold, the $22 million cap hold that they had on Tobias Harris. <laughs> and so <clears throat> the machinations of all of this were very important, um, and it was important that they um, go down in a very particular order. Um, overall… Uh, I think that this team is not as talented um, as last year's team. Um, I think positionally, uh, you, you know, they're um, it, kind of a somewhat of an awkward fit, but not I, maybe not as much as some people might think. Because I, I mean, Tobias Harris, while he's Really, kind of more of the four in today's NBA. He's played the three for most of his career, and I don't, I don't think it's that big of a deal for him to play the three. Um, Al Horford has always preferred playing the four, um, and honestly, he plays it just fine. Um, and he's still going to play some five. Like they m- my best guess is they're going to, um, essentially, uh, you know, when both Horford and Embiid are playing, they will stagger their minutes so that one of them is always on the floor at any given time. Um, and then when they're both on the floor, Horford will just play power forward. Um, but you know, that, that obviously creates, um, you know, the ability, uh, for, for some, um, different rotations and stuff like that. And it also gives them the most important thing, which I think is Embiid insurance. Um, seeing how bad the Sixers were in the playoffs last year when Embiid wasn't healthy, um, and and how badly they just needed somebody who could play center. Now they don't just have somebody who can play center. They have a legit fucking all-star center. Um, Granted, he's probably only got like one year, maybe two years left of being all-star caliber center. Um, And maybe not even that. Maybe at this point he's just really good center. Um, But nevertheless, um, still a really good player, a really smart player, has never... Really relied on immense athleticism, um, you know, for his game. So he should age pretty well, in my opinion. Um, so I, I'm not too concerned with that. I like Josh Richardson. I like his fit a lot. Um, he can create off the dribble. Um, he, he's he's basically Jimmy Butler light. Like he's not um, he's not as good as Jimmy Butler at anything, but he's like he's pretty good at everything that Butler's good at. Um and I you know I I think and and I would argue maybe he's actually a a, a little more comfortable shooting three pointers which is nice. Um like maybe not necessarily better than Butler but he's way more comfortable just shooting them. Um so like that helps cuz there were way too many fucking times last se- season where Jimmy just wasn't like like they'd pass Jimmy the ball and he'd have a wide open three and then he'd pass it back. There's that famous one of like Him catching the ball in the corner for a wide-open three, passes it to Joel, and Joel just passes it right back to him. He's like, dude, you had a wide-open three? Fucking shoot it. You you have a higher percentage than I do, you fucking dumbass. Um, And then he shot it, and he made it. Um, But anyway, there was obviously some tension, some some things that didn't quite fit with Jimmy. Um, I was hoping that they would be able to work it out and just roll it back. Um, But it's a nice consolation. My only thing is – I wish, and I just don't think it would have been possible. There's only one way that I think it might have been possible. I just wish they would have been able to keep JJ. Um, like the only way that I can think that it would have been at all possible is if if they had done the sign and trade with Horford um, as well. And I'm not I'm not sure if if this would if this would constitute like or if this would even if this would make sense, but, like, say you did a sign and trade where you're sending out Jimmy Butler, and then you're sending in um, uh, um, uh, Josh Richardson, and then you do a, another sign and trade uh, with uh, Boston where they're just sending you um, uh, um, shit, uh, uh, Al Horford. Um, because you're taking back the same amount of money, and you're not actually using your space, you're using the the amount that you're sending out for Jimmy Butler to counteract that trade of that 20 million for uh, uh, Horford, and then that 10 million for Richardson versus like the 30 million that's going out for Jimmy. I think that would have allowed them to keep their full MLE, um, and maybe. If you have your full MLE and you can tightrope the cap, um, maybe you can bring back Redick. Um, I don't know if any of this was even possible. I don't know if Boston would have even agreed to it. Um, I think they would have, though, because it also would have allowed Boston to keep their full MLE, um, and it <clears throat> also um, would have um, given Boston like a $20 million trade exception. So that would have been like two positives for them and then only one positive for the Sixers. So I think it would have kind of been a win-win, um, even though, like, obviously neither one of those teams, like, really like to go out of their way to help each other out. Um, but if they had been able to do that and they had been able to keep Redick, then it would have just been a fucking huge win because, you know, then you really have, like, the, 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 really the kind of lineup that you want at any given time where you can just rotate, you um, and be, you can rest and beat and Horford like all season and play a lot of those other guys in their more natural positions um, while still retaining uh, JJ shooting. Um, now JJ still would have had to take a discount, but it wouldn't have been a, an egregious discount. It would have been like um, six million or, or five million less than what he got. Um, but I don't even know that uh, Philly would have wanted to give him multiple years given that they were you know, working on the Simmons extension. So there's that as well. So um, I would have liked to have seen that. That would have been fucking cool. Um, other than that, though, I like them keeping Mike Scott. I like them keeping Ennis. That, that happened today. They, they kind of need another shooter, um, and they need a backup point guard. I don't know how you get both of those at this point in time. I don't know which you should prioritize more. Um, I was kind of thinking maybe take a flyer on Avery Bradley if he gets bought out. Um, like he he kind of seems like a guy who might fit both categories. Obviously he's not really a point guard, um, and his shooting hasn't really been good for like two years. But like just you take a flyer on him and say fuck it, maybe he works out. And he you know has always kind of been a good on-ball defender. Um, so. maybe they can do that. But overall, I like what they did. I think they're going to be a lot better as far as team chemistry. Kind of the same thing with Boston. Um, You just get Jimmy Butler out of the locker room it's probably going to help out. Um, And, yeah, I'm very excited. I think if Toronto doesn't retain Kawhi, I do think, at least for this upcoming season, I think the Sixers uh, are the team to beat in the East.
2: No, yeah, I mean – Sixers are another one. I know you're you're a lot more higher than them on me. I mean, there's a lot of things that um, I have to digest. I mean, they're definitely. I'll give them the benefits of the, what they'll be next year. They're definitely going to be huge. I mean, they're going to be a big fucking team at you. So that that's a benefit. Yeah, shortest be player really in the good. starting
1: rotation is six six. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. And they're going to be really
2: good defensively. So that'll be a huge benefit, and having the. And beat insurance is nice, so I'll just give him that. But there's a lot of things that I'm like, just questioning. Just, just for for instance, so you trading you basically traded out J.J. Redick for Al Horford. Um, Horford, yeah, is going to be a better veteran and all that, and Al beat insurance. But shooting wise, he's not anywhere going to be the shooter. I mean, he's even when he's not the Horford from the Atlanta days, where he's really good at shooting at that wing. And, I mean, he's a decent three-point shooter and all that. But other than that, I mean, he's he's the no J.J. Redick. So, that's what you traded out right there. No, so it's but he's be, so much gonna,
1: better defensively. So yeah, you, much better defensively. You, you still have
2: to make up. I mean, you still have to make points. I mean, unless you're just winning games like 86 to like 84, like very low-scoring games. I mean, I mean, think they could. Yeah, I
1: don't. I, I don't think they're going to have so much problem scoring though. Like I think Tobias, they're going to they're going to basically run a lot more offense through Tobias, which they didn't do last season because they had Jimmy. So they were just asked him to stand in a corner and shoot, and that just that didn't really work for him. He like he couldn't get going doing that. Um, I mean, we saw what it looked like when they ran the offense through him in uh, L.A. Now they're not going to do that, you know, um, exclusively by any means. But um, I think he's going to get more shots, more touches, the offense run through him a little bit more. Um, and so, I mean, I think you'll get plenty of offense from him. And Bede's going to get his points. I think Horford will, you know, chip in for his 12 to 15 a game. Uh, ben will get his 12 to 15. And then I think Richardson, I mean, he averaged like 16, 17 points last year. I think he'll be in that in that ballpark too. So I just think you got five different guys on the court who can all score. Now, none of them are – Um, people who, you know, other than Tobias and Embiid are people who I would, one is like kind of go to options as far as scoring. Um, but like, I still, I think the balance that you're getting as far as defensively versus maybe the step you're taking back in offense, um, I, I still think it balances out just fine, you know, in my opinion.
2: No, well, yeah, I mean, it it, it all can, but uh, but just like even getting back to it, I mean, uh, trading out Jimmy Butler for Josh Richardson, I mean, you you got a poor man's Jimmy Butler. I mean, I hate to say it like sure. that. I love Richardson, don't get me wrong, but he's no Jimmy Butler. He's he's you know he can be no. like almost defensively, but he's no closer and all that. So now you're kind of like what I kind of saw is like two things, especially with Simmons getting the. Extension, you're definitely making this a Simmons, uh, like a more joint. It. It's not just a one team or another. You're going to try to redo it all and see how it is with both Simmons and Embiid. And um, you're putting a lot more pressure on Embiid, which he needs to. But it's just uh, losing the closer and Jimmy Butler, what he was able to do close games for them. I mean, yeah, Tobias it is for the Clippers, but I'm not really like a hundred percent
1: there. I think it has to be. And not Embiid really, and-
2: Lou Williams more did it for the Clippers
1: even when Tobias was yeah. there.
2: <laughs> so, so you're putting this more pressure that Embiid has to become your go-to score and all that and closer. And I think Al will help him out like veteran wise, like, you know, be able to talk with through. But I also think, I mean, this could be a good thing for Embiid and also uh, maybe a bad thing because Embiid's always liked to stretch around and play, you know, get to the three point line, which he should not be shooting threes, but he loves to shoot threes. And, and dribble and all that to where, are you basically telling Embiid, like, hey, no, you're an exclusive right now when you're with Horford. You're down low in the post. You're just a post center right now. You're going to dominate the player. I don't see it like, that way either, though. I'm, because, I mean, Horford's going to be the one that's going to be sitting at your wing or, like, you, you're high up there. I mean, Yeah, Horford but I, can think get you down low.
1: Can, I think you can go four out a little bit. But also, I, I think it'd be I just think Embiid likes to mix it up. Like when Butler first got there, um, Embiid was complaining about not getting enough touches in the post. Um and kind of adapted to playing more outside to fit Jimmy um as they went later on into the season. So like I think he'll he'll relish the opportunity of getting back in the post. Like he's a great post player. That's where that's where he's at his best. Um when he's not exhausted (laughs) when he's exhausted he's always throwing shit up that's either short or long or whatever um but like when when you know i i i think he'll he'll love the opportunity and i don't think that means he'll be exclusively down there but i think it does give him the opportunity to operate down there the adequate amount that he would like to um i i i do agree with you on the closer aspect it's going to be difficult I don't know who's going to be the closer for them. If you ask me right now, I would say Tobias Harris, and that does scare me a little bit. Um, And so I agree with you there. I think that is the biggest thing that you can argue as to why this isn't necessarily better um, because it's just, it's so unclear who is going to close out games. Um, But two things. One, you, you tried to convince me last season that you didn't want to keep Jimmy Butler. And I told you, you had to keep him because he was the closer, and now we've fucking reversed on this. <laughs> um, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm pot your kettle. So like, I, I mean, we're we're both, you know, <laughs> we we we've both gone the opposite direction. Um, but uh, but nevertheless, I choose to look at this, and I guess this is just me trying to be optimistic. I I'm trying to look at this from a um, where they started last year as to where they're starting this year. And I, I know it's not that simple, but if you try to break it down to that, you're basically saying, all right, well, we traded Dario Sarich and Robert Covington for um, uh, uh, Al Horford um, and Josh Richardson. Um, and then, you know, we still overpaid for Tobias, but, um, but he was better than, you know, Wilson Chandler – Landry Shamit and the other pieces parts, you know, that we, you know, threw in that trade. Um, so like in that sense, if you look at it, big picture, I think, you know, they're just, they're better. Um, and I think even if you choose to look at a small picture, if Jimmy was going to leave, this was probably the best outcome they could have hoped for. Um, as far as you weren't going to get a player of Josh Richardson's caliber on a Josh Richardson contract. um, so the fact that they were able to make the sign and trade and then that facilitated signing Al Horford, which they would have been able to do anyway if Jimmy Butler had left, but the fact that you were able to um, get a player uh, that you could replace, um, like, yeah, of that caliber um, is really promising. Somebody who's who's young kind of fits better with um, Ben and Joel as far as long-term and Tobias, Um I, I I mean I just think that that that's a good move uh, honestly um, so uh, I I so I partially agree with you um, I agree with you on the closer aspect I think we're gonna have to figure out who that is throughout the year I don't think it's Embiid we've kind of seen that it can't be Embiid centers aren't usually great at closing so I think it has to be Harris at this point maybe it's even Josh Richardson could be um, Like we said, he's kind of Jimmy butler light. I think he could find himself in that kind of role. Um, But I think as of now, it's got to be one of those two guys. I just don't see how it could be um, anyone else. No, yeah, I mean,
2: again, uh, I understand what you're saying. I'm not just trying to be the devil's advocate or just trying to be a a fan of an opposing team. But, again, like you said, they they overpaid for Tobias Harris in the beginning when they traded for him. And no offense, I mean, did not take no hometown discount. Yay, $10 million we saved. Um, overpaid for Tobias Harris. Not worth that much yeah. money um, no. at all. So you you overpaid for him once, so you already had to bite the bullet and overpaid for him twice. And another thing that scares me big time is, yeah, you can have this awesome starting five and all that, but their death, I mean, yeah, you get back Ennis and Mike Scott, but that was nothing great. I mean, yeah, Mike Scott was the best person off your – your bench last year, but that's not anything to be, like, really championship contending teams. I know you said bearing all what Kawhi does, uh, you had them as the number one seed in the East. Yeah, I got them as a really good starting five on no, paper, no, but no. I still like, no, 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 I not, like not Milwaukee the one. a lot
1: better. Yeah, well, not the number one yeah, seed. Like, I don't have them as the number one seed. I have them as the, the favorite to come out of the East.
0: I think they I, match like up really well
1: against Milwaukee.
0: I Giannis like is not going to be
1: able to score. Moves, you put Al Horford and Joel Embiid in there, he's not going to be able to fucking score, dude. <laughs> yeah, but, I
2: mean, they still – that's why they got more shooters getting less on that. I mean, we,
1: we don't – we're not – let's not go into this. Yeah, but they lost
2: this, this, was but... their best shooter. I know. Yeah. Me, but it's tough. We'll, we'll stick to Philly. I still got to see a lot of things. It's one of those teams where it's awesome on paper. Um, you know, they got better locker room guys right now. It's just a lot of players yep. going to have to take a, a bigger step in a role. And um, Al Horford, uh, loving to death, you know, wish the best for him. Sucks that he went to Philly, but um, his <laughs> his fourth year could be very scary too on that contract. I oh, mean, I know you predict him. Scary. You predict him aging well, but still, I mean, going into your 39, 39, 38 and thirty nine year, years of age is pretty
1: scary at that high money. So, but um, he's not that we'll see, old he's 33 so be 34, 34. 34, no, he'll be 34 35 oh. 36 37 he'll be 34 at the start of the contract so like well, hey, uh, well, so he'll you, be your knees, 36
2: 37 your knees age 2 years faster than you, and for how much basketball <laughs> he's done so yeah. like he hasn't played a lot of playoff basketball yeah oh, so uh, his his he's knees never are two years he's never yeah,
1: missed a he's never missed the playoffs like yeah um though, th- those were a lot of short playoff runs when he was in Atlanta so <laughs> not 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 a lot of wear and tear as far as playoff wise goes uh, when he was here um but yeah no i mean i, I feel you um it it's certainly um you know th- th- there's certainly a lot of factors at play um but all in all um i i'm i'm just happy um that you know they were able to to keep a solid team together and I just still I feel very optimistic so um and you know here's the hoping that Zaire Smith can actually be a factor this year that keep his ass away from peanuts um and uh Matisse Feibel can come in and give some valuable minutes um I think those are guys that are going to have to be contributors this year either at least one of them is going to have to be a contributor this year because I do agree with you as far as the depth concern like um, it's great to get Ennis back. It's great to get um, uh, Scott back. Um, like, those guys are going to help you a lot. Um, but, like, we saw, like, how, like, desperate they needed, like, one more guy. They needed, like, one more guy, and there wasn't one more guy on their team. And finally, um, you know, they I mean, they stripped it down and went seven deep, and I was saying all along they needed to do that because um, they just didn't have an eighth guy. Um, so hopefully one of those two guys can be their eighth guy, um, or they can use the you know this room level exception um, and bring in somebody like somebody for five million dollars. It like sucks that like Garrett temple's already off the table because that would have been a nice addition um and there's not very many additions left um though I will say this uh, I mentioned earlier that um th- it 's rumored right now that Tyler Johnson's gonna get bought out um i 'd look at him on a room level like. Five million million one one year for Tyler Johnson, like, sure. Why not, dude? Like he could play some point and he could play some two. Um, he's going to be better than TJ McConnell. Like I love TJ McConnell, but he can't shoot. He can't defend. Um, and at least Tyler Johnson can shoot like, so, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm hoping there'll be some buyout guys, um, on the market for him at some point. And maybe you just, maybe you just save that, um, I, I think you can save it until the trade deadline. No, I don't think you can save it until the trade deadline. The the Celtics, they had a injury provision. That's how they were able to get Monroe, I believe. Um, but regardless, uh, we'll see. Um, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, but um, you do make some good points as far as depth and closers. Uh, but anyway, let's move on. Um, all right, let's talk about the Miami side of this deal. So they get Jimmy Butler, but they had to give up Josh Richardson um it's kind of a kind of a funky trade they send out um Hassan Whiteside um take back Myers Leonard and send Mo Harkless and a 2023 first round pick um to the Los Angeles Clippers uh in this deal um again Knicks where were you on this one <laughs> um but uh anyway let's talk about the uh this um Uh, the Heat side of this, I feel like this is slight overpay to get Jimmy Butler. Um, I I really liked it for them until they had to give up the pick. Um, But once they had to give up the pick, I was just like, damn, that kind of sucks that you had to give up that pick. Um, But nevertheless, they do, you know, they at least get a guy. Like they have not had a guy um, in a while now. Um, And, You know, so they get somebody who's a bankable all star um, who wants to be there, uh, and well, at least for the time being. Um, And, you know, you can put the ball in his hands and let him go to work. uh, And, you know, you got a bunch of role players around him who should be able to kind of mesh well. You got Whiteside off the books. um, So now you got Adebayo just going to fall right into that starting role. I think he's more than ready. Um, Also, uh, it gives o- Olenek more minutes at the five, which I think is where he fits best. Um, uh, so he can kind of spot up and, and spread the floor a little bit, uh, create the spacing that Butler would need. I like the fact that they moved on from Whiteside instead of Dragic. I think that probably helps out a lot too. Um, so all in all, I mean, I like this deal for Miami. Um, it sucks they had to give up Richardson, but I feel like that was always something they were going to have to give up um, to get this deal done. And honestly, this kind of basically ended up being the deal um that they you know, it's slightly different, but I think this basically ended up being the deal that they were willing to offer to Minnesota to get Jimmy Butler, which was reportedly Josh Richardson, Kelly O'Linick, and a first round pick. Um so they they were able to keep Kelly O'Linnock, still gave up Josh Richardson traded Whiteside instead and had to take back Myers Leonard, but, you know, it's whatever. And a, and then gave up a first-round pick. All in all, pretty good. They fared pretty well, uh, in my opinion. What do you think? No, yeah. Um, win for Pat
2: Riley. Uh, Got to start there. I mean, always shows that he can do it. He's another one where it's just like the Tuckers organization where always he, he just shows that he can always just get a player. He's one of those people that can lure, I mean, Jimmy Butler, of all places, you um, want to get a signing trade. I mean, if you really want to force your way out of Philly like that, I mean, Houston, in my mind, would be the best, but I guess you don't want to be a third option. Championships might not be the thing for you, I mean, because you're definitely not going to be winning it in Miami. But, hey, he likes to be the go-to man. Um, He likes the respect and everything that the organization did for Dwayne Wade. Um, You know, can definitely be the next Dwayne Wade for them. Um, So that's big for just the Heat getting just another player. Um, They don't want to go through a rebuild. Pat Riley doesn't like that. I mean, Eric Spils a good coach, too. So a win for that whole coaching um, staff to get a good player like Jimmy Butler. I mean, no superstar, but right under uh, superstar. I mean, definitely all-star. Definitely be able to, you know, keep them in contentions in the seventh and eighth spot. of the playoffs uh, big win getting off white side deal. I know that both sides have been disgruntled and not happy. Uh, I don't think Miami was not unhappy. I mean, maybe they're unhappy of that deal they gave them back in the day, but that's something that they, they did. But, um, you know, they, they saw that Bam was just a better option for what their team did and, and how much depth they have at that to try to get off white side and getting him to go to a team and keeping, uh, Drogic I I like him playing point guard you know next to Butler helps Butler a lot more I mean I don't think Whiteside was really gonna help Butler that much yeah maybe no. defensively, but but uh Gordon actually can still run the point and like help Butler out that way so that's a good um thing there um you know keeping an all it, you know because that whole first first and second trade to Dallas fell apart so that was interesting yeah you had to give up a pick but um uh, I just think it's interesting because, uh, you know, the way Pat Riley runs things is he doesn't really care about the draft, so he doesn't really care about picks that much. He uh, likes to, you know, continuously do it in pre-agency and prove that he can get all these keys pre-agents. And um, I want to say loss on Jimmy Butler, but then again, I mean, I don't know, you know, his lifestyle. I'd say loss that you could have went to if you need a Porsche way out of Sixers, if you didn't think that was a good championship contending team and try to run it back then, you know, Houston, even LA with the Lakers and all that, like you could have signed there. I mean, going to Miami is very interesting because I don't see it as like a vertical jumper in his career, but hey, he's back to being the man. It's going to be like the Chicago uh, Jimmy again, you know, everything kind of run through him and having just solid role players around him, so. It'll be fun. I mean, and, you know, hey, got to give it up for Pat Riley, another guy that, how does Miami get into this whole free agency when they have all this <laughs> money already tied up in some crazy bad contracts and then they get out of one of their yeah. contracts that they hate the most with the player that's not happy and end up, you know, you got to have to give out a pick, but, you know, you end up getting Jimmy Butler. So, it's, I mean, you can't you can't look at this negatively because, you know, you lost your star and who your organization, the face was in Dwayne Wade, and now you get to just hand the torch quickly over to Jimmy Butler,
1: and it's going to sell in Miami big time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I mean, I, I feel like you, you kind of tied it up nicely there. All right, uh, we got about 20 minutes left, three more teams to cover, so let's knock these out pretty quickly. Um, so Dallas was going to be involved in this deal, but didn't want to take back Dragic. Um, they are willing to take back Olenek and Derek Jones Jr. That didn't materialize. Um, so basically, they just kind of fell out of this deal altogether, um, instead opting to sign uh, Seth Curry to a four-year, $32 million deal. Um, they were able to retain Maxi Kleba um, to, I believe, was a four-year, $35 million deal, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then also... Uh, they most recently kept Dor- uh, Dorian Finney-Smith. Um, I believe that deal was three years, twelve million. That's a good deal um, for for that guy. Um, just, I mean, a, a competent wing for four million a year. Like that's that's a pretty good deal. Um, I, I I like most of this. Oh, they also kept Berea um, one year, vet minimum. Um, I, I I like most of this. Um, you know, I think that Seth Curry is, is a bit of an overpay, um, it just not as much the per year, but just the, the, the length of the contract. I, I would be a little um, worrisome. Like, he, he, he just finally got, like, tied together, like, a, a whole good season last year. Um, you know, was that a fluke, or, or can he actually keep doing that? Um, well, I mean, hopefully he can keep doing it because you just gave him four years, $32 million. Um And, of course, the biggest fish uh, that they did, they were able to re-sign Porzingis. They still, I believe, um, because of their cap hold situations, they had such minor cap holds on a lot of these guys, um, they still uh, have about $20 million more in cap space, so I I expect them to still make some kind of other move. Um, Word is they're hoping to make a run at Danny Green, Um, you know, if... after Kawhi makes his decision um that you know perhaps they can make a run at him but uh but we shall see um but uh regardless I, I, this is all fine it, it's, it's nothing none of it's great um it, it, as much shit as uh every every um body gave Atlanta including myself uh for last year's uh draft trade um, I'd much rather be in Atlanta's position than Dallas's position um, right now. Um, you know, I, you can you can say, well, Lucas, you know, and and Kristaps are um, you know better than any one of the um, Atlanta players. Um, I probably agree with you there, um, but Atlanta has a more complete team. I still believe in Trey. I believe in his upside, um, and you're not paying. Uh, like 150 million dollars to a dude who just tore his ACL and is seven foot three. Um, so I don't know. I I like, and you know, you just have you have more time to to put put things together. So um, anyway, I'm not trying to make this about Atlanta. Um, I, these moves are fine. That that that's about all I can give them. They're 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 middling moves. It's all good. Your thoughts.
2: No, I'm kind of disappointed in um, Dallas's offseason. There's just a lot of things that I mean. Yeah, re-signing Kristaps huge. So yeah, that that no matter what's a big win. So I got to give him that because you know you're obviously building around him and Luca, so that'll be fun. But other than that, I mean, <clears throat> so they're in a market for a point guard this whole time. You know, not one of the high-end tier point guards, but uh, still um, in the whole point guard market, but. You don't end up getting anyone, I mean, not even in the lower 10s. Like, not even trying to get Patrick Beverly. He gets a pretty good deal. You could have got him to play, which would have been solid. And then it made sense to me when they were going to get in the Grodrick deal, uh, you know, get a point guard, get a guy that's played with Lute, uh, Doncic. On the Slovenian team, they obviously have a really good relationship. So they obviously know how to play mm-hmm. well together. And they basically nix that because they don't want to take in that money because they don't want to lose money in free agency. But it's just like <laughs> you don't end up signing anyone. You just retain – you re-get back Seth Curry after you lost in the Portland. Um, you re-sign Keebler, J.J. Barrera. I mean, there's nothing like – what were you – why couldn't you take on this extra money to actually get a point card since you were in – the whole time from the off season, you were supposedly in for Kimba Walker and all that. And then Al Horford, you didn't want to give him the money, which wouldn't make sense. So there was a lot of deals that like a lot of rumors that Dallas was, you know, like in and they didn't make any of these smart ones. And then they ended up saving their money, not really making any vertical like jump. I mean, yes, you're getting Kristoff's back, but he's coming back from ACL tear. He's, oh, he's seven feet. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, yeah, they'll be better than they were, but not that much better is like what we're saying. They're they're probably the second worst team in the West in my mind. You're just lucky you have the Suns out there and and all that. But yeah, it's just Dallas really just I mean I I just don't uh, I don't know. I mean yeah, when you re sign the guy that you traded for, so that's big, you know, and you give him his money. And so but you could have got that's a point guard. There. There's plenty of valuable point guards but just nothing you just do nothing and you just re-sign guys so yeah not really impressed with dallas i think they're just gonna be one of the lower ranked teams but luckily they have their own pick back so they
1: suck they suck <laughs> yeah um yeah i i agree i mean i can understand yeah a little bit of trepidation on Dragos because he's 33 um, and they were probably trying to get guys who were younger and locked in for longer deals and all all of that because their their cap money is going away um, at the end of this at the end of the season. Um, but you know, I don't know if that was necessarily the best way to go. I would have been more interested in going with two year deals and trying to have. Um, open books when it comes 2021 and you're trying to make moves and make plays at some of those big lists of free agents. You're going, you pretty much try to lock it in where you are the only big contract you have on your books is Kristaps Porzingis. You're catching Doncic on the last year of his rookie deal, um, and maybe you can bring in some guys then. Um, But, uh, yeah, so in that sense, I would have loved to have had Goran Dragic for one year and then maybe kept him around for one or two more. Um, But, yeah, they didn't want to do that. Um, I think it was interesting that they had to release, like, a, a basically have a press release saying, because like, they know he's such good friends with Luca, and they don't want to piss off Luca. So they're like, yeah, we know we really, we really fucking like Goran, and we, we actually really wanted him and everything, but like he was just too expensive, and like we just couldn't get it worked out. And <laughs> it's like, oh Jesus, you guys. Uh, but anyway, we can move on. Uh, Blazers quickly. Um, I like a lot of what the Blazers are doing. You can go back to the, you know, the Evan Turner, um, Bazemore swap. I thought was pretty decent. I like them getting Whiteside, especially because it didn't really cost them anything, um, just a little extra in salary. Um, but you know, because you don't have Nurkic right now, I think that's good. I think when Nurkic comes back, he is matching salary for Kevin Love. Um, so if you decide you want to make that. Leap, you you have that um, opportunity. Um, they bring back Rodney Hood on a, a relatively good deal, uh, especially considering how well he played with them in the playoffs last year. Um, they also brought in Anthony, Anthony Tolliver on a pretty cheap, uh, you know, uh, vet man. Um, so I, I like that addition for them. Um, just all in all, I thought they made um, a lot of interesting moves, um, most of which were very good, some of which were you know um just kind of whatever um oh and they also got Hazonia so I, that was kind of more of the one that's like whatever <laughs> but uh but yeah I mean all in all they they kind of supplied themselves with the necessary depth that they need the only big thing that they really need right now is a backup point guard um and they can always go back to staggering um game and CJ's minutes so that one of them is always kind of you know controlling the ball um but yeah, I I think it's funny. I think a lot of people are sleeping on Portland, and I'm just not going to do that again. Like I'm not like I I did it last year, and I think I even did it the year before. Um, and like I'm not I'm not sleeping on them this year. They're going to be a home court advantage team, uh, for me out west. I I just think they're going to keep chucking. They're a really good regular season team. Um, and I I think they've made some interesting moves. They would obviously love to have more. Wings like uh, bigger wings, Um, but I I think they're making the necessary moves on the fringes, uh, you know, to get some stuff back there.
2: No, yeah, um, I like what Portland did. I mean, you hit a lot of uh,
1: things that I'll probably go
2: over. I mean, they saw what other Western teams were doing. I mean, a lot of them. I mean, Jazz is definitely trying to take this next step and all that. I mean losing uh, Nurkic, the whole use of Nurkic, the whole next, like this upcoming season, he's not going to play. It really hurts them. I mean, and they did make it to the Western Conference Finals, So you want to compete in, um, I thought it was interesting how they were able to finagle their way into this signing trade that looked like it was almost up in jeopardy between Miami and Philly and somehow give up miles Turner, who, you know, you weren't really using that much Larry. anymore, even but, when, I mean, my, yeah. Uh, Miles uh, Leonard, but even even after the injury, he didn't really prove anything. And then you move out Harkless and Whiteside will be fun with them. I mean, Whiteside, yep. even he was excited. He's always been one of the people that's like you're building the wrong team around me, Miami. I need your shooters and let me do my thing defensively. And that's exactly what he gets in, in Portland. And I think it's a win-win mm-hmm. situation. It's not an inspiring deal, you know. You're not really gambling that much. You've got to keep Zach Collins too is, you know, your future or, you know, really good trade piece if you ever decide trading him and what you're going to do. But, you know, you've got to keep that piece. And you gave up contracts. I mean, yeah, you lost Al Kaminu, um, who, who gave you some good minutes at the four. But I like the Baysmore trade. Uh, I think, you know, he can give you some good defensive minutes. Retaining Ronnie Hood was really nice on that deal. I mean, I think that helps out. I know you said you need a backup point guard, but, Hood really demands the ball in his hands. He can he can take over some roles of having some of, like, the ball kind of being in his hand at times and letting both Dame and C.J. play off of him. And um, Baysmore, I mean, uh, he's not great at it, but, you know, he can definitely do it. So, you know, they're not in any dire need, but I just think that Portland made the right moves to keep them relevant to contending for the team to play for the Western Conference spot. I'm not calling them a championship caliber team, but I still think that they're a team that can be in the spot that they were this year. I mean, especially with a catastrophic injury that they sustained right before it. I mean, I mean, Whiteside's got a lot of upside to him and what he can bring to that team defensively is going to help out those two young guys. So, uh, you know, it's it's nothing of like, you know, big wins. I know a lot of people would have liked, you know, if they would have traded for Kevin Love still could be on the books, but you know, and all, they're doing the right decision. And then, I mean, you got to say this, too. I mean, big win for all Portland fans is you re-sign Dame Lillard to the Supermax. I mean, he's a guy. He's not going anywhere. He's facing franchise. He's loyal to you guys. I mean, it's awesome that you guys are going to probably keep him and CJ. And, and, you know, I mean, I really give Portland this chance with this window up for the West. I mean, unless Kawhi really does go to the Lakers. I have a you know it, it's a it's a crapshoot for a lot of teams and Portland can definitely make mm-hmm. their case I mean especially if they get Nurkic back right at the end of the season and somehow you know if they know that he's coming back and they can flip white side right before the trade deadline or still have white side on that team they'll still still be a, uh, an exciting team so you know b- big for Portland Portland's not one of those teams that's going to get these free agents they got to make these nifty moves and they they made a lot of bad moves early in the game years with trading some first picks and for some bad players and, and making these Evan Turner deals. And um, I forget who Alan crowds, but you know, they've gotten yep. out of that. They've just, they definitely turned it around and all that. Now the, the Cantor thing can, can be the only tarnished thing that I could kind of give them for this free agency. But I think Canner is one of those guys that definitely blows that out of proportion. I don't think they just gave him six minutes I think that they gave him a very short window and he couldn't get all of his chips in line to make the right choice, which I mean as a as a team you shouldn't do that. But I guess, you know, maybe in their back pocket they're like, Well maybe we can possibly get Whiteside so Caner can be a fallible chip for us because we we know that this whole thing with Jimmy Butler going to Miami is falling apart every which right. way and and all that. So maybe we can give Cantor this quick, hey, make a decision, or we do have, we got to make our decision quick on, hey, we're going right. to come in here, we'll take wide side, here we go, and this is how everyone, all sides, and now we're all making, now we're all happy. So, I think they were also yeah. kind of on a deadline where they have to make the, they have to call into Philly and Miami and be like, we're your savior team, here's how we're going to make it done, boom, 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 let's all get in, all sides yeah. walk away from it. So, Portland, you know, Portland, you know, they're definitely going to be competing next year, and Resigning Dame Lillard to that Max, I mean, you got your guy, so you got your star, and just let's see what you know you guys can do. I mean, you're definitely in better position than you've ever been with Dane, so I think redoing it and getting to the max uh, the second the second time trying to build it around him, it'll be interesting, and I think they're doing the right things.
1: Yeah, I don't like the Super Max extension, um, not that I think they shouldn't have given it to him, although I kind of think. Maybe shouldn't have given it to him. But th- that wasn't really an option. They kind of had to. Um, that's just the way it is. I just, I don't have as much a problem with Dame getting the Supermax just as I have a problem with Supermax in general. Um, but hey, it, the rules are the rules. He qualifies for it. And not only does, does he qualify for it, he's one of the very few players um, who actually fucking deserves it. Um, so uh, yeah, it just sucks what it does to your. Um, your books, your salary cap books, and I think they should figure that out. Uh, But anyway, uh, we got one more team, uh, the Clippers. So uh, just really quick, uh, there's not a lot going on here, but they did bring back Beverly, and they did make out like bandits, um, basically getting a first-round pick simply for taking on Mo Harkless, uh, who's a valuable fucking player. He only makes like $11 million a year, and it did not – inhibit their cap space, uh, it does, doesn't prevent them from going uh, and getting Kawhi. Um, so, just fucking great moves, man. Like, that's the thing. Like, if I'm Kawhi, like, and I know, like, fucking, they're gonna try to sell you on AD and, and and fucking LeBron and all that, and it is really hard to turn down, and I couldn't blame him if he was just like, yeah, this is just too good of an opportunity to turn down. Um, but, the Clippers are going to be a very fucking good team. They just they're, that organization is too professional and too fucking smart um, not to be uh, a team that is constantly putting you in the best situation for success year after year after year. I don't think you can rely on that kind of longevity with the Lakers. Um, just my personal opinion. Uh, but regardless, I like what the Clippers did. I like the fact they were able to keep Beverly. Um, and all in all, I think uh, if they get Kawhi, it's going to be fucking great. If they don't, they'll recalibrate and actually use that cap space wisely, unlike, say, the Knicks.
2: No, yeah, I'm 100% agreeing with everything you're saying. Uh, I'll give that. Right now, out of all the teams, I mean, Toronto, because they just, you know, they already knew their situation, and they didn't have that bad of a situation if he doesn't come. But out of all their teams that have been putting their chips fully in to this free agency on just Kawhi, I mean, they're definitely the team that's looking better right now. I mean, they re-got their guys Pat Beverly. They're like, no, the rest of you guys around the league trying to steal him. Yeah, we made it known that Kawhi is our first option, but we're going to get this guy signed still. So they get their, they get Beverly back, which is you know very big for the culture and their identity of their team. So I like that. Um, getting it in the Harkless trade was just a, you know a smart thing to get another asset, and uh, you know they still have their money. But I still think that they can run it back, be fine next year. Gallinari's off the books too, so that's even better for them. You know they're not in a bad situation where, as in the Lakers, who put all their chips in, have pretty missed much missed out on. Every decent role player that I can think of, minus the Morris <laughs> twins. I mean, I'm they're 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 yeah. about to just have to go wild on the Morris twins, JaVale
1: which Green, which positions and, they don't need,
2: and Rondo. Yeah, in positions they don't need when they could have went out there like what the Knicks kind of did when the Knicks lost on their guys. You know, it doesn't make sense for the Knicks, but Knicks got a lot of good role players where the Lakers are just fully in. On. they've gone all in on the Kawhi thing. They're hoping that it bails out. Sure. I think it might for them, but it's just right now, if the Clippers don't, they're not in a bad situation. They, they've got the same team they can run it back with. They've got more assets somehow. They still are flexible to do whatever they want this summer, next summer, whenever, and just everything yep. that Weston and that whole organization is doing is just right in. I really hope that if Kawhi doesn't, in my heart, I if he doesn't, you know, I Quickly, go to the Clippers. I hope he stays in Toronto. But you know, um I just I don't want him to go to Lakers.
1: Yeah, no. Nobody wants him to go to the Lakers. That's the thing. He can pick either one of those two teams. He'll he'll keep all of that good uh generosity and all the things that he he got back from going to Toronto after he maybe lost a little bit of it in San Antonio. He goes to the Lakers. Everyone hates him again. Like, learn from KD. Don't do it. Um, But anyway, we're going to leave it there. Um, Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow with Joel. We'll break down another 11 teams. um, And uh, hopefully we'll have a quiet decision by then. If not, we will uh, jump on to tell you about that as well. Um, But thanks for joining. Till tomorrow night. Peace. Peace.